This is Instant Game Reaction, an immediate look back at the Colts' latest game. And trying to make an adjustment on the ball is Michael Pittman. He catches it, and he rumbles across the goal line. Touchdown, a 42-yard strike. Aaron out downfield, down the far sideline, looking for Zay Jones, and it's intercepted by the Colts. He's in! Touchdown, I-N-D-Y! Now, here's your host, J.J. Stankovitz from Colts.com. What's up, everyone? Welcome into another episode of Instant Reaction here on the Colts Audio Network. I'm JJ Stankovitz, joined every week for the final week of the 2023 season by Colts Ring of Honor wide receiver Bill Brooks. Today, we are talking about the Colts ending the 2023 season with a 23-19 loss to the Houston Texans. Texans are going to the playoffs. By the time you listen to this, they might be division champions depending on the result of the Jacksonville Jaguars-Tennessee Titans game. The Colts are out at 9-8. and eight. Their season is over. And Bill, it, the, the abruptness of it, this always strikes me when a season ends like this, where you, you're in it, you're in the game, you're in the game until there's a minute left, and then all of a sudden, it's over. And you don't really have a lot of time to process it. And I, I just talked to some guys in the locker room about that. And their brains went, you know, Ryan Kelly's brain went to all the work we put in starting in April to build this thing. You know, Zaire Franklin's mind went to like, I'm kind of sick of talking about the lessons we're going to learn from a loss at the end of the season. Uh, You know, DeForest Buckner, he kind of was just like, I can't believe it's over. When when you've had a situation like this where it's just so abrupt, Bill, what's sort of the almost like the stages of grief that you go through as a player that you have to digest the end and the abrupt end to a season. It is difficult. Um, When the season comes to an end, all of a sudden, and especially when you had thoughts of going in there, winning the football game, and then all of a sudden it's over and you didn't win the game and you're not moving on, your mind – initially goes to your teammates, you know, the the work you guys put in from the beginning of the offseason all the way up through training camp and in the season, then the ups and downs that you guys went through together throughout the season, and then all of a sudden it's over. Um, you know, there's no more meetings to go to um, except for the year-end meeting, and there's no more practices, there's no more walkthroughs, there's no more going to meetings and going through walkthroughs, anything like that. So it's, 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 it's all of a sudden it's difficult. And then you have to clean out your locker and you have to move on. And it's, it's, it hurts. It's difficult. And there are a lot of teams that are going to feel that and have felt that uh, the season when it's over, it's just done. So unfortunately um, it was, it's, you know, it happened to the Colts last night and uh, they'll have to deal with it. And it's, it, it really stinks as a player going through that for the next couple of days, maybe weeks. That's all you're going to think about uh, the end of the game, end of the season and uh, moving on to the off season and getting ready for the, the next season. To me, Bill, there are two plays that are probably going to stick with this team for a little while. One on offense, one on defense, the one on offense, everyone probably knows what we're going to get into. So let's just talk about it. Fourth and one, Colts have the ball on about the 15-yard line, just over a minute to go. 
Shane Steichen calls a timeout. They come out with the the Texans show a man coverage look. So he comes mm-hmm. out with a a man beating play, which yep. is Michael Pittman Jr. kind of running the corner off on the boundary, but taking his route in a way that it also kind of envelops the linebacker, 53 Blake Cashman. Mm-hmm. So he can't get over to the running back on a swing pass before the back crosses the, the line to gain. So that's the play design. The play works. The, the, the design of the play absolutely worked. Blake Cashman would have been nowhere near Tyler Goodson on that play. Goodson could have taken that to the, at least the 10, maybe even deeper. And the Colts are looking at a fresh set of downs, probably goal to go with the season on the line. Instead, Gardner Minshew's pass sails a little bit to the right of Goodson. He has to flip his body. Ball hits him in the hands. He drops it. In that situation, Bill, to not put your season in the hands of your running back who ran for 188 yards, that is a totally fair question. I get it. But the play worked. So I I guess I'm I'm struggling with how to process this of like, if you had given it to Jonathan Taylor and JT had been stuffed behind the line of scrimmage, would Shane Steichen be getting all this heat right now? Or like, that's the thing is he called a good play that worked. It wasn't executed versus does he call a bad play that doesn't work and it's not executed, but well, at least he gave it to Jonathan Taylor. I, I, I don't know how to totally process that yet. But when I rewatched the play to Goodson, that should have been a first down. Whether you want to blame Gardner Minshew or Tyler Goodson, both of them took responsibility after the game, Bill, for their role in that play. It it was a good play call that just was not executed. It was a good play call. The play was executed. It was not executed. The play would have worked if it was executed, as you mentioned, J.J., and as you said, Pittman was out there. He ran his route to to kind of pick or rub uh, the man covering Goodson, who was Cashman, and to make him bubble over the top. He had it working perfectly. It happened. Cashman bubbled over the top. Goodson was out there in the flat. Um, Menchu threw the ball a little bit behind him, hit him in the hands. He dropped it. We've talked about before how – the players trust Shane and Shane trust the players. The players that were in there, Shane had full confidence that they could go out there and execute the play. So in that sense, just because you're in that one situation doesn't mean you just go out and change everything you think about and do something totally different. Goodson was the one that, from what I understood, was practiced that throughout the week and was in there on that play. So... Shane had faith in Goodson, had faith in Minshew, had faith in Pittman, had faith in all the guys that were out there on the field at that time. So you go with the play that you feel comfortable with, and that's the play he felt comfortable with. So I don't have any problem with the play that was called. It just was the execution. And we've always talked about the team that makes the the plays down the stretch usually are the teams that are successful. And Give Houston credit, they made a few more plays than the Colts did down the stretch during the game. So 
I don't have any problem with the play that was being called, uh, just that the Colts could not execute the play uh, to make it work. I just had like, you know, your mind goes to so many places in in these moments of trying to figure out the what and the why and all that. But like one one thought that just popped into my head at like 745 this morning as my kids are like screaming at me <laughs> is, man, you know, that that was a situation where if Evan Hall hadn't got hurt, guys got ah. pretty sure hands and he was kind of supposed to be your third down back. Just one of the one of those other things that just kind of pops into your head of like, you know, man, ah, but I mean, look, th this was to me that the Colt season came down to Gardner Minshew throwing a pass to Tyler Goodson. Like that's that that is what 2023 was. It was a season of you need guys to be resilient. You need the next men and even the, like, the guys behind them to step up. And for the most part, the Colts did that. In that situation, they weren't able to do it. But I, I want to kind of wind it back a little bit early in the fourth quarter to why the Colts are even in that situation. So with 8.46 left, the Texans are facing a second and 14 near midfield. Mm -hmm. And this is a throw that will live on C.J. Stroud's highlight reel for as long as he's playing in the NFL, as well it should. This was an absolutely unbelievable play. Yes. So C.J. Stroud drops back. There isn't a ton of pressure early, but no one's open. Colts are playing good man coverage on the back end. Uh, Stroud kind of bails from the pocket. He then all of a sudden gets pressured by three Colts players, and he's backpedaling, backpedaling, backpedaling. While he's doing this, Nico Collins kind of stopped his route to the left of the play. And as soon as he mm -hmm. sees C.J. Stroud bailing from the pocket, he just takes off toward green grass uh, horizontally across the field. And Stroud picks that up. He floats a pass. Nico Collins makes an incredible diving catch. It's a first down. If that play ends with a sack, an intentional grounding penalty, just an incompletion, you're facing third and long near midfield the crowd at Lucas Oil Stadium is just bringing the venom. And I would kind of back the Colts defense to get off the field there. Instead, Houston gets a fresh set of downs. They wind up going down and scoring a touchdown that gives them the six-point advantage that ultimately puts the Colts in that situation. KB Fairbairn misses the PAT, so that's why it was a Colts could have won the game situation. Exactly. But that play, Bill, that's one... I mean, you tip your hat to C.J. Stroud, but... That's one that I think every player on the field is going to be sitting back and being like, could I have done a little bit more on that play to lead to an incomplete pass? Give credit to Houston Texans, especially C.J. Stroud and Nico Collins on that play. I mean, as you stated, that Stroud was basically couldn't find anyone open and started backpedaling a little bit and then kind of going to his right a little bit. And when Nico Collins saw that, he... um he just went into the scramble mode drill in which when we was taught, if you see the quarterback moving to the right and you're out in the middle of the field, you move parallel with him. So you stay parallel with him so that he can see you, you can get into his vision. And then if you get real close to the line, uh, to the out of bounds line before he throws it roughly about three yards, you would turn up the field. Well, Nico Collins, Nico Collins wasn't close to the sideline. So uh, Stroud put it where 
pretty much only Nico Collins would get it. And he just kind of floated it out there and let Nico Collins go get it and give Nico credit. He dove for the ball, caught it just at the first down marker where they got a first down and continued to drive. And as you stated, went down there and, and, and scored a touchdown. So give those guys credit. But if it, if they had to stop them or there was an incomplete pass, it changes everything. You know, do the Texans go down and score a, a, a touchdown? Maybe they kick a field goal, then things are different. Then different plays are, are going to be uh, had after uh, that by the Indianapolis Colts on their next possession. So give the Texans credit. Um, Nico Collins had a heck of a day. Uh, he played extremely well. C.J. Stroud made the throw where either Nico Collins can get it no one, and that's what you want from your quarterback. And uh, I was I was impressed with uh, C.J. Stroud uh, throughout the season. Uh, he played he played well for a young rookie quarterback. Yeah, he absolutely did. I mean, even earlier on that drive, Bill, Texans wind up getting a first down uh, kind of right off the bat. But then Ronnie Harrison comes on a really well-timed blitz. He sacks C.J. Stroud for a loss of 10. And then on second and 20, Stroud just kind of throws a little flair to Dalton, Dalton Schultz. Daryl Baker Jr. misses the tackle on the play. Schultz winds up taking it 17 yards instead of maybe 8, 9, 10. And Big then play. Stroud has an easy completion to Schultz on third and three for a first down. Then the Texans get a holding penalty, so then they're in first and 20. Again, you get a completion to Schultz. That sets up the second and 14 that winds up going to Collins. Like, again, th there are just plays in there where if, if one thing goes differently – the Texans are probably not even in a position for C.J. Stroud to make a hero throw like that. You, these are the things that, in a game that was so closely contested, I mean, you got eight months to chew on this now, Bill? Really, Realistically, <laughs> it's probably it's less. Like, when you get back in the building in April, you're not, these aren't sticking with you as much. You know, there may be a little bit of an undercurrent for motivation, but you're not, like, going back and being like, I can't believe this, I can't believe this. But for the next couple months, at least, Bill, it's a bitter pill to swallow for those guys on the field, knowing that, and, and this is something that Ryan Kelly said, is you it, it, it never comes down to one play. There always right. were opportunities earlier in the game for us to execute better, to not put ourselves in a position where the game came down to the Gardner Minshew pass to Tyler Goodson. Exactly. And, you know, there are other plays, you know, I can think of about the play where, um, Beck scored that touchdown um, for the it Texans. Was wide open. And yeah, wide open. You know, there's some miscommunication or there was a blown assignment out there somewhere out there in the football field. So that's a play where, you know what, if you get that back and maybe if people in the right spot where they're supposed to be, uh, maybe they don't score a touchdown there. So there are different plays throughout the game. It just doesn't necessarily come down to the play at the end of the game, but uh, you want to make plays at the end of the game to help your team win football games, but there are plays throughout the game that can make a difference. So it is important. And if you look at that drive, as you said, it, as you said, if, you know, Dalton Schultz did a good job of getting open and, and, and making plays and Stroud hitting him uh, to get first downs or get them in a position to make a first down. So it wouldn't be so long, like the one uh, he gained for 17 yards on a second and 20, then it was third and three. So it gave him a reasonable, opportunity to make a first down on that third and three so it is it's important that you make sure that you you just go through your assignments but as far as the players during the offseason they're going to remember this it's going to stick with them for a while you know they might not dwell on it later on in the offseason where you get 
to April and, and May, but it'll still stick in their mind about how they were so close and just missed the opportunity to get into the playoffs and maybe one play here or a play here that could have been different or, or something could have happened that could help the Colts win that game. So it's going to stick with them for a while. And as time goes, it, it goes away, but you'll never forget it. You'll always remember that. And there's plays that I can remember back when I played many, many moons ago uh, that if I had done something different, maybe the outcome would have been different. So it, it sticks with you for a while, something that doesn't go away, but you got to try to move on from that and uh, get ready for the following year. I know, I know it's a long ways off right now, but uh, just move on from it, learn from it, and uh, go from there. Yeah, I, so you mentioned the touchdown to, to Andrew Beck there. That was on third and goal on the one-yard line just after the two-minute warning in the first half. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I just rewatched it. And, yeah, I mean, you're right. There's miscommunication. Two guys went to go cover Devin Singletary out of the backfield, and Into no one flat. picked up. Yep, and no one picked up Beck. Um, if someone picks up Andrew Beck on this play, Taven Bryan is, like, pushing the pile. And mm -hmm. the, the the Colts had good coverage on Nico Collins. They kind of ran yep. like a little like mesh rub route on the uh, on the other side of the play. Like I don't think this play works. No, Mechie's going just, across the Mechie's going across yep. the field, kind of on a shallow route, and yep. he's not open. Yep. Um. So it was pretty much Singletary went out to the flat, and two guys stayed with Singletary. You said, but Beck was open. Uh, in the back of the end zone. So there was a miscommunication, two guys back there. So yeah. those are the plays that, you know, you, you have to, you, you have to make sure you know your assignment out there. And, and that's what, uh, you know, you, they, they talked about earlier, make sure you know your assignments out there, um, going out there and playing. So you won't have mistakes like that. And unfortunately there was a mistake by the Colts. The lasting memory of this game is, is going to be how it ended. But we would be remiss if we didn't talk about just how unbelievable a game Jonathan Taylor had. Oh, my goodness. 30 carries, 188 yards, 6.3 yards per carry against a Texans defense that was third in the NFL, second in the NFL in yards per rush allowed coming mm -hmm. into this game. He gets a 49-yard touchdown. The most impressive thing to me, Bill, was that Jonathan Taylor was listed to return to the game as doubtful when he yes. sustained an injury I think it was an ankle or a heel or something on his foot, whatever mm -hmm. it was, he was listed as doubtful. And then he came back into the game and he still had a pretty good stretch after he came back in, especially on that last drive. Um, just th this is why the Colts signed Jonathan Taylor to that extension for moments like this, for games where he's banged up. He is obviously, he's got, he, he's fighting through something, but he still is playing at an incredibly high level. And for, for the way this season to end, it, it is heartbreaking, of course, but man, you feel, you feel like one of the lasting things I'm going to think about this game is like, yeah, JT still got it. All right. He's, he still is one of the best running backs in the NFL when he really gets going. And we saw that on Saturday night. Definitely. And when you're talking about empty your bucket out there on the football field and players going out there giving everything uh, they have, that was JT uh, Saturday night, giving everything he had, banged up. Um, and like you said, I don't know if it was ankle, foot, whatever it was, toe, whatever it may have been. 
Um, he just sucked it up and went out there and, and played and played. You know, first half, he had 81 yards rushing. Then in the second half, he gets, you know, over uh, over 100 yards. So give the man credit for going out there, toughing it out, doing what he can for his team. Uh, it shows you how much he cares about his team and his teammates. And just give the man credit. I mean, he, he ran very hard um, and did everything he could out there in the football field. So give him credit and give off the line credit, too. They played well. Mm -hmm. They blocked well. And they played through a lot, too. Yes, they did. And, you know, you know, give uh, guys like Braden Smith some credit for going out there and playing. And uh, you could tell he wasn't 100 percent out there, but he was giving his all for his team and his teammates out there. So give him credit for going out there playing and. Give the guys credit for just opening some holes for the running backs. And, you know, Zach Moss averaged five yards a carry. He had six carries for 30 yards. So those guys played hard. And, uh, you know, Shane mentioned that, you know, he he just appreciates how hard the guys play, how resilient they were, how tough they were, and how they just continued to fight all game long. And they didn't give up. And that's what you like to see out there on the football field, those guys fighting. And they did uh, that Saturday night. Well, that is the end of our season of instant reaction podcast bill we've covered wow. everything we can from this game i know <laughs> i mean what a what a ride wow. from uh preseason to the opener to losing anthony richardson to going on you know having the colts go on a three-game losing streak to winning six of the next eight um it's been a heck of a ride it was a, a really fun season wish it ended better than it did yeah. there's gonna be plenty of time to talk about what's next for this team. Mm -hmm. But uh, my sneak preview, Bill, is uh, Anthony Richardson's coming back. <gasps> really? Let's not forget that. Oh, looking this forward team, to that. This team, this team's got pretty good chance next year. I know we're, we're not getting into that just yet, but it kind of, another one of those things that hit me last night at about 2.45 as I was finishing up my, my post-game article. I'm just like, you know what? I am going to mention that 2024 let's not forget the super talented quarterback who showed a lot of promise during this season is going to be back and let's I, see how the Colts build around him yeah I think the Colts fans should be encouraged about the 2024 season and uh, this team moving forward and I think uh from what you saw this season how the team fought and uh how Shane is trying to develop a certain culture here that uh the future is promising for this Indianapolis Colts team. Well, we are going to have plenty more here on the Colts Audio Network this week. Locker room cleanout is Monday. We'll have uh, we'll hear from Shane Steichen and players on Monday. We'll digest all of that on the official Colts podcast on Tuesday this week, and then we're going to figure out what our offseason programming looks like. I'll be honest, Bill, hadn't got into it yet and figured out what that <laughs> looks like. So we'll spend some time this week to figure out how to keep you Colts fans who are so dedicated and so knowledgeable. Uh, we'll figure out how to keep you guys updated with plenty of fresh content here in the Colts audio network, but keep your eye out for the official Colts podcast coming out on Tuesday and then TBD after that. Anyways, Bill, it's been a pleasure talking Colts ball with you all year long. I love, I love these. It. I love doing these on Sunday nights. I love doing them on Monday mornings, whenever it is that we get to knock these out. These are a highlight of my week. So thanks for always always being available to hop on and chat a little bit about the game that we just watched. Thank you for all you do, and thank you for your your tremendous insight 
to the game and to uh, certain plays and to the the players and just the game of football. It uh, is very enjoy enjoyable. And as you said, I look forward to this uh, every evening after a game or afternoon, wherever we do it and whatever time we do it. So thank you very much, JJ. Yeah, right back at you, Bill. The insight you bring as a former player, as somebody who studies and watches the game and knows the game, uh, I, I think we got a pretty good thing going here. We'll run it back again next year, and maybe we can do an yes. instant reaction after a playoff game for once here. I uh, hope so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everyone, sincerely, from Bill and myself for listening to Instant Reaction this season. We'll be back sometime next August when the Colts open up their preseason. Keep an eye out for them. We'll have plenty in between, though. So long.